0: Well, today for Father's Day, we are going to read a scripture and a passage that speaks about fathers, but not the way we expect. And we were talking about some words that Jesus spoke to his disciples. And the title for today's message is No Compromises. No compromises. A father really wanted to have a new boat. And he asked his wife often, and she kept saying no. But then he found that deal on that boat, and, and he just couldn't pass it. So he, he got a loan and bought the boat. And he went home and told his wife, uh, expecting probably a big fight. And sure enough, she wasn't pleased, and she wasn't happy. So he said, okay, I'll make a compromise With you. And today we're going to be talking about compromises. I'm going to make a compromise with you. You can name the boat anything you want. She said, okay. So he went to the dock and saw the new name on his boat for sale. Fathers talk a lot about compromise, don't they? They don't want to compromise anything for their children. They don't want to put their children in trouble or in a place where their children can be compromised or their health or safety. Because that's what they want. You know, when I first met uh, Joanne and, and I met her father, I wasn't dating her. But on a day that I told him that um, I have plans on courting her, uh, he wasn't very pleased and he made my life I'm going to use the term interesting. Uh, he told me that he had a bullet with my name on it and a gun to shoot it. And I first thought he was joking until I saw a bullet with the name Sam on it, which which for me was great because I didn't know he knew my name. He only called me Boy. And and then on a day I I, I married uh, Joanne, he I guess he, he he lacks a little bit and. And now that he has three grandchildren, he's okay with me. But now that I have two daughters, I think he was very light. I don't think I was going to be as nice as he was to me. I think I'm going to protect my daughters because I don't want my daughters to compromise their future with just anybody. With just anyone that comes in with a with a full head of hair and, and, and a Portuguese accent. You know, I am not going to compromise anything for my children because I'm a father. And Jesus, when he spoke to his disciples, he said, do not compromise with the things of the world. If you're going to follow me, you're going to follow me fully. And if you have your Bibles, and if you would open uh, your Bibles in the book of Matthew, the first book of the New Testament, We're going to open our Bibles in the chapter 10, and we're going to read verses 24 all the way to 39, Matthew chapter 10, verses 24 to 39. And as we uh, look at the Word, would you stand with me as we pay reverence to the Word of God? And thus say, thus say the Word of the Lord. The student is not above the teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for students to be like their teachers and, and the servants like their masters. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebul, how much more the members of his household? Do not be afraid of them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in a daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who killed the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn... A man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me it's not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you that you speak to us today through it, and we pray that you'll lead us and that you speak to our hearts, transform our souls, and challenge challenge us to live a life that is in accordance to you and brings glory and honor to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So we see in this passage that Jesus speaks to his disciples in a very in a very personal way, but he's saying, do not compromise with the things of the world. Do not compromise with the things that are available to you, but follow me and follow me fully. To follow Jesus. Is a lifetime commitment. It's not something we do for a season. It's not something we do just because it's nice or something we do because uh, we, we have nothing better to do. It's a lifetime commitment. And this is what Jesus was saying. And he starts by saying that a student, and they were all students, as Jesus was the rabbi, the student is not greater than the teacher, nor is the slave greater than Than a master, or the master greater than a slave, or the teacher greater than the student. What is Jesus talking about? He's talking about equality. He's saying that not one person is greater than someone else, we are all equal. We're all the same. And just because someone is a teacher and someone is a student doesn't make one more than the other. Just because someone is a master and someone is a slave doesn't make one person more than the other. And that is the problem that we have today in our nation. Is that some people feel that they are more or greater than others. And Jesus, 2,000 years ago, told his disciples, if you follow me, you will not be greater than anyone else. You will be equal. You will be the same. And that is the message that Jesus had for his disciples 2,000 years ago. And he said, if you live like this, others will see that the way you treat one another, that the way you love one another is the way that I have taught you. So when we see problems with racism, that is exactly what is happening. It's because someone sees themselves greater than someone else, regardless for any time and regardless of of the place. And that's why it's so important that we as Christians are aware of these words of Jesus that we are all equal but they needed a reality check they needed to know that there was no excuses if they're going to follow him they may follow him to their death and that's why in this passage we read that Jesus told them that do not be afraid of he of those who can take your body because they cannot take your soul. They can take your body. They can kill your body, but they cannot take your soul except one, the enemy. But we are not to be afraid. And all of these disciples heard these words and they lived the rest of their life as if each day was a day lived for Jesus. And all of them, All but one died of unnatural causes. Eleven of the twelve disciples died of unnatural causes. Most of them being killed. Except Judas. He he took his own life. Only one lived to be an old age. But that's not for lack of trying. Because he was poisoned. He was beaten. And they attempted to kill him. But God had a plan for him. So John ended up going to the island of Patmos and wrote the book of Revelation. The truth is that today we realize, and we read on the, uh, the last verse, of, verse uh, of chapter 9, Ask the Lord to the, uh, of the harvest, therefore, to send our workers to the harvest field. We are His workers. We are His people. And then he continues, there is no place for fear. There is no place for fear. If I am with you, there's no place for fear. Stanley went to a psychiatrist and said, Doctor, I'm really struggling with fear. I, I know when I'm laying down in my bed and I have the fear that someone is underneath my bed. And then I lay awake and I can't sleep because I am so afraid that someone is underneath my bed. I, every so often I look, and, but other times I'm just too afraid of looking. And the doctor said, well, that is a common thing, um, but we can work this together. Uh, all you have to do is just come uh, twice a week, and we'll work through this fear together until you're able to conquer this fear. He said, okay, doctor, and uh, how, how much is that? He said, well, it's about $100 a a, a consult, so $200 a a week. He goes, oh, okay, doctor. So he left. A couple of months later, the psychiatrist sees Stanley, says, Stanley, you didn't come back. We were going to work on that fear you have. He said, yes, um, but you cost $100 a, a, a session, and I was able to solve it for $10. You were? How's that? He goes, I saw the legs of my bed. You know, sometimes fear can be solved if we know that we have no reason to fear. And that's what Jesus is telling them. Do not be afraid, not because you're going to, you know, have a, a psychological transformation, but because I am with you, because of my presence, because I am. Leading you. And Jesus said, as you go forward, things will happen. But the problem with fear is that when we, are, when we have fear, we, we go into our, this survival mode. And we try to survive. And when we survive, we, we make compromises. We, we lie. And we end up doing all different kind of things just to be able to survive. And Jesus is saying, don't be afraid. Do not fear. 365 times the words do not fear is in the Scriptures. One for each day of the year. Do not fear, for I am with you. And then he said, look at the sparrows. Aren't both of them, are two sparrows sold for a penny? You know, when I was young, I used to uh, hunt for sparrows and, and eat them. My, my grandmother made them really well. But there's not a lot of meat in them. Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed more the, the, the hunting than I did the eating, uh, which is very rare because I usually love eating, but there's not that much into it. But during the time of Jesus, sparrows were the cheapest meat you could get because anyone could grab a sparrow. And European sparrows are a little bit bigger than American sparrows. So when, when Jesus is telling them, look at these two sparrows, not one falls to the ground. Sparrows are the most worthless birds. And Jesus said, not one falls to the ground without the Lord taking care of them. He cares about the sparrows. Imagine how much he cares about you. So Jesus said, do not be afraid for I am with you. Then verse 32, we read, Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. So what does it mean to acknowledge Jesus? What does it mean to acknowledge His Father? What Jesus is talking about is how are we going to talk to others about Him? How are we going to share about our relationship with Him? Verse 27 tells us, What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight that will not be made known. What is whispered? In your ear, proclaim from the roofs. I love this. And here's the reason. During the time of Jesus, the rabbis would speak to an interpreter. Because the rabbis were people of God's Word. And they read the Word. So they had either an older child or, or, or an interpreter or someone to speak out loud. You know those people in your life that are very good at speaking loud? And their voice carries. So rabbis would use either a student or someone whose voice carries. And they would whisper to their ears. And they would proclaim to the crowd or to proclaim to the students. And when Jesus is saying, when you whisper in in verse 27. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the rooftops. Do not be afraid of hearing what I tell you in your heart, and your ear, and proclaim. Proclaim what God is speaking to you. Because that's how we are able to acknowledge Him. Now, he says that there's a warning. The warning is that we will not always be accepted, even by our own family. The family I have from my father's side, they're, they're, they're... haven't accepted the fact that we are Christians. They're struggling with that. But yet, that doesn't stop us from loving them and to live our Christian lives. So we have to acknowledge Him. So we ask, who is in control of our lives? Who are we listening to? So Jesus tells us that we have... In verse 39, whoever finds their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for the sake will find it. So whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. So we have to take up our cross. So what is to take up a cross? During Jesus' time, every time there was an execution, uh, they would have the, the, the criminal have to carry a plank, and they would go naked through the streets, and they were mocked, they were ridiculed, they were made fun of, they were laughed at, until they got to the place where that plank would be nailed into their hands, and they would be crucified. So when Jesus is saying, take up your cross, he's saying, you carry your cross to your death, because you have died to yourself, And you carry your cross and daily die to yourself that you may be alive in me. And this picking up and taking our cross is an element of sacrifice. As Father sacrificed for our health, as Father sacrificed for our safety, as Father sacrificed for our our well-being, Jesus sacrificed for us. So the question that we have the decision is that the cross is the intersection between God's will and our will. Which one are we taking? Because if we're going to carry the cross, we can follow. But when we suffer, others will notice. A little bit over 100 years ago, there was an earthquake in Japan, and one of the villages and they were so used and accustomed to earthquakes that the earthquake came and, and they uh, waited and waited out and the earthquake was over. So they just went back into their, their lives and their work. And at the very top of the mountain, there was a farmer and he was uh, gathering all the rice into large, uh, you know, large mounds for the market. It was the end of the rice season. And he felt that earthquake and he looked down and he saw everyone uh, up and about. And then he looked at the ocean and saw a very dark uh, spot in the ocean. It looked like something that was out of the ordinary. And he looked and he saw a white line. And he realized what it was it's was a tidal wave. And he was heading. Toward the village. He turned to his grandson and said. Honey can you give me a torch? So the, son, the grandson gave him a torch. And he picked up that torch. And set fire to his rice mounds. Flames went up. And people in the, in the village saw that fire. And the bells started ringing. And people started running toward the mountains. To put out that fire. And the closer they got, they realized that the farmer was with a torch saying, this way, this way. And they're saying, why would a farmer set his rice on fire? And when they got up there, they took out the fire and asked them, why did you set your rice on fire? You just lost everything you own. All the years work you had for your rice. And then they heard the noise. They looked toward the village and they saw the village being taken over by a wave. 400 people were saved that day. No one was lost because one farmer sacrificed his livelihood for the lives of the people in the village. This is what Jesus has done for us. He sacrificed his life. But every time we sacrifice ourselves for the sake of others, they will take notice. People will take notice when we sacrifice. Now, when we give money and when when we're able to do something nice, well, that's appreciated. But when we suffer for the sake of others, when we lose everything that others may gain, that's when we take notice. And that's why Jesus said on verse 39, whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. So I have a challenge for you. Lose yourself in Jesus. Charlemagne in the year uh, a thousand uh, uh, died uh, and and about a hundred and 86 years after he died in the year 1000, uh, the Emperor Otto went and, and went to the tomb to see what kind of riches Charlemagne had on his tomb. And he was buried with very specific instructions. When they got there, they saw him uh, dressed, uh, fully dressed, his mummified body, fully dressed. Regalia, And he had a finger pointed at the Bible in a verse. And the verse that he had pointed was Romans 8.36. And that passage say, What shall I gain by having the whole world when I may lose my, uh, my soul? What shall I profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? What profit would you have to gain the whole world and lose your soul? So if we lose ourselves, we can't imagine losing ourselves in the presence of Jesus. When I was a little boy, I loved jumping into my father's arms. I knew he will always picked me up. And not once had he dropped me. I trusted him. I lost myself in his arms. Today Colin does the same thing. but He's getting a little bit braver and heavier and he's getting a little bit higher. So I have to pay a little bit more attention. But that is what it means to lose yourself fully confident that he got me. So lose yourself Just imagine getting into His arms and being in His presence. So this week, lose yourself, lose your life in Him that you may gain His presence. I'd like to pray with you and ask the worship team to come forward as we conclude our service. Father in heaven, we thank You. We thank You that today as we celebrate Father's Day that You have done so much for us. We pray that You'd lead us as we Seek to love you and live a life the way you have told your disciples to live. To know that to follow you is not something easy. And you have promised life, but not an easy life or a good life. You promise an abundant life. So today we come before you that you may lead us. And Father, if we need to suffer for your sake, May we receive the glory in heaven. And may we not worry about how much we can profit in the world, but trust that one day we'll be in your arms for eternity. We pray this and we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May you walk in that sunlight. May God the Father who created each and every single one of you his Son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross who He taught us about how to be Christians and how to be like Him. And may the Holy Spirit, who lives in our hearts, be with you, not only now, but until He comes. Go in peace as you serve God and love one another. Amen.